Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Hello, friend. It is Angie Austin and friends. So glad to have you. Beatrice Bruno, the drill sergeant of life, joining us. Uh, Donna Hetzler and also Natalie Carrado, my friends who are speakers and authors. Love to have them come in, other Christians, so we can chit-chat about some of the good news stories. Hi, ladies. Hi. Hi, Good to be here. Hey. All right. So I want to do a good news story that I thought would touch Beatrice's heart. Uh, and it just, uh, it's about a cop, but also a vet. And since the drill sergeant was a drill sarge, a sergeant in the United States Army. Who? Who? Oh, yeah. so, yeah. You're wearing your whole outfit today, too. Look at you. Now, you you know, you told me one time that I'm always, I always have my brass on. I always have my name tag. She's the name tag that she well, wears. Let me just put on my hat that says yeah. woman veteran. Woman veteran, oh, yeah. I, I like that. That's really cool. That's really cool. All right. So this story also, I played it for my friend with Blue Lives Matter, and he was joining me on my other show, Daybreak USA. And oftentimes he joins me when a police officer has been shot in the line of duty. And so I said, uh, Randy Sutton, I always, you know, talk to you about bad news and, you know, police officers are, you know, in dire straits when we chit chat. I said, I want to share this with you. And so he, he, he really was touched by it. And I think he said, Angie, a lot of officers go above and beyond like mm-hmm. this guy and we don't hear about it. But this officer went above and beyond. Here we go. A wall of ideas. He's not a computer person. Laid out one square at a time. Whenever he has a thought or a thought process, he takes post-it notes and he puts those notes in places that he'll remember to see them. But for Norm, an 83-year-old Korean War veteran, no matter how hard he tries to organize his thoughts these days, some things still get jumbled. When I came to his house, um, he lost some weight. Uh, his hair was a little bit longer than he likes to keep it. Erlinger Police Sergeant John Sterling met Norm about four years ago on a call, and the two became friends. He teaches me everything time I come to his house. He's always giving me books. He's giving me books to give to my boy. He's just one of these guys that loves to learn. But in the last few weeks, it's John who's had to help Norm. One of the things about dementia is that you forget to care for yourself. You forget to eat. You forget to bathe. Morning, Norman. Man, you are an early bird. So John has been making visits like this one with Norm most days. He was also awarded guardianship of Norm. He's come to this time in his life where he, he needs somebody to take care. But Norm needs more help than John is able to give. So the plan is to move Norm here, the Elmcroft Senior Facility. He was uh, very enthusiastic about the facility when I showed it to him. Uh, immediately bonded with some of the people there when he walked in. But to do so will cost $5,500 up front, money Norm doesn't have. So John started a GoFundMe page to raise money for the move. It's the kind of gesture that's hard to put into words on a note. But John says is easier to make. It's an easy thing to care, um, and a lot of people have shown how much they care just in less, less than a day. Okay, so he's obviously gone above and beyond. And so the GoFundMe account last time I checked was way, way uh, above what they expected. Wow. Is there one piece or two piece to this? Two pieces. Oh, there's only one piece. Okay, I felt like there was more to it. I'm like, wait a second, that. Um, so. It went above and beyond what they expected. And so Norm was just beside himself, and so was the police officer, and they posted on social media, and it was awesome. That's great. Yeah. I yeah. love it. That's I love awesome. stories when we take care of our vets because yes. they are so 
not taken care of. You know, they're just forgotten. And well, thank you. You know, some we just feel uh, that's why I'm so hot and heavy about the veterans because mm -hmm. we've been forgotten. Mm -hmm. We go and we give our lives for this country, and I, especially these kids coming back from Afghanistan That's and right. Iran and Iraq and stuff. And, and they come back, they can't get uh, medical care, they can't get housing, they can't get all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, so then why are we really serving? That's right. Okay, because it's, it's more than to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Okay, mm -hmm. it's, it's more than that. Mm -hmm. And yet we can't get the stuff that we need. Mm -hmm. We have a hard time. It just I, just recently, I got my um, new driver's license, and I finally got on there veteran Yay. on my driver's license, you know, because they've been withholding that. And it's just, it, it's crazy the um, support that we don't receive, mm -hmm. you know. Even just the reentry, coming yes. back in yes, and getting back and situated with society is yeah. so difficult that I've seen with my vet friends. And then, like you said, Beatrice, the health care, you know, housing, um, anything that a vet might need, we should be there right by their side, supporting them and Absolutely. taking care of And believe them. it or not, there's a lot of women veterans that's living on the streets. Mm. Oh, a lot of women I, veterans. My husband feeds them me. downtown. Yeah, mm -hmm. tell uh, Natalie Carrado, um, tell everyone about your um, your husband's ministry because he cracks me up. He could be like on his last five bucks and he'll, oh. still, he'll still do his ministry. <laughs> Bless his heart. Yes, he's, since 2001, he's been doing an outreach homeless ministry downtown in Denver and there are so many vets down there. It's yeah. really sad, but he... Hates to brag about it, but I love that he's just serving God. And he's so funny because he's a man of few words. He is. <laughs> he doesn't say because my my son trains with him, okay. and uh, and my my son admires him so much. He's so proud to train with him. Uh, and I know that your husband, uh, you know, mentors a lot of boys. So we gave him a book mm -hmm. specifically about that. By the way, yesterday um, about um, a man who turned his life around and talked about the power of men to be fathers in our society. Uh, but nice. here he is, this man of few words. So he doesn't brag about what he does, but he's been doing it since two thousand one. And right. uh, go ahead, well, continue. You ask him about Jesus or nutrition, and he won't okay. shut up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But, uh, uh, yeah, he goes down every Tuesday, Thursday, and they buy 120 burgers. Uh, Burger King has it ready for them, and they people like a hot meal. I mean, people have said, go to restaurants or get things afterwards, you know, but there's lots of liabilities in that, mm -hmm. or make sandwiches. But, you know, 120 is a lot of sandwiches to make twice, a, you know, 120 one day, 120 on Thursday. So he just buys them hot meals and um, and just goes down and shares the love of Christ and tells Amen. them how Jesus That's loves great. them. But it's sad because I've gone with them a few times. And there are a lot of veterans. Do they expect him? Are they like mm -hmm. waiting for him? Yeah, he well, he goes to all of their secret alleys and hideouts, okay. and he kind of knows where they stay. But it's always different people, and so they pray with them, and and then whatever's left over, if especially if it's a cold night, they go to the Samaritan House or Denver Rescue Mission. And I've gone down, and it's like swarming the car. They just swarm because, but the the guys, the homeless people, really know the rules. Like they have to wait in line, yep. and you know, and then they the my husband and his friend pass them out until they're gone. So. Do your boys ever go with him? All the time. Yeah. Yeah. They've yeah. grown up doing the ministry, so it's nice to be able to see. They, they're able to be grateful and to see, you know, if, if what could happen. And everybody has a story. You can't judge anyone. I know. Everyone has a story. So they really just go down and they just see how, you know, it's really sad people living on the streets. But they have a story. Oh, yeah. So And the fact that many of them are veterans. I just watched the show the other night, and again, it kind of was like that kick in the stomach of what these young men and women go through. And you mentioned specifically the Middle East. And it was a helicopter team and they were rescuing a boy who'd been caught in the line of fire and he was uh, like the same age as my is my fifth grade son
son. And uh, they were so distraught trying to get him because he'd been shot in the head, mm-hmm. trying to get him uh, right, you know, to help. Mm-hmm. And so they're operating on him and the helicopter crew, they were interviewing the guys and they were beside themselves. They uh, could barely speak. They were so emotionally upset about this. I mean, I, I about cried talking about it because they were so distraught that this boy may not make it and they knew that they'd done all they could. But then they say they rethink, like, could I have done this? Should I have started this IV? Should I put, you know, this bandage on? Should, if I put him in this position, maybe I should have had his head a different way. What if I, you know, and this woulda, shoulda, coulda. So anyway, as one of the guys is talking, he said, I'll never forget his face and the look of pain and confusion on his face because he did nothing to deserve this. And he'll probably never, you know, the love of a, of a wife. He'll probably never have a family. He'll never have a career. And then someone walks in the room and they said, he's going to be, he's going to make it. And they said, he's going to have a full recovery. Amen. And you should have seen the look on his face, oh, the look goodness. on his face of just relief. But that incident it go every day you know repeats itself over and over again and their mind gets overwhelmed by these thoughts and these what what if i did this or why couldn't i save my friend why wasn't it me that stepped on the ied why wasn't i in the truck i was supposed to be the one that was hit you know why couldn't i pull my friend out of the line of fire Mm -hmm. and all of those things overwhelm them and i think as a society we've so failed them recently there was a picture that a younger veteran had uh, posted um, on social media of an older veteran who'd finally passed out in the waiting room uh, at a VA facility because no one had come to him and he was lying on the floor. Mm-hmm. See, and, and I, I'm not even going to start a conversation about the VA. I'm not, because you got a lot of good workers yeah. in the VA. Mm-hmm. However, all of them are not good workers and all of them, not all of them care for the veterans that come in there. Okay, this is a totally political conversation. My aunt worked for the VA for years, and we knew someone who needed a job who kept getting fired, and she said, oh, tell them to apply at the VA. We can never fire anyone. Why is that? Mm. Here's what I don't get. Why is there a protected area in our government where certain people can't be fired or jobs are secure forever? In the real world, you know, you can get fired today. That's you can right. put in a decade of service and be walking out with a cardboard box later that afternoon mm. and you're held to certain standards. There's not, you know, and I'm not saying it's always fair the way the real world works, but certainly if you're protected to the point where people who aren't doing their jobs right. can't be fired, that's so ridiculous to me. It is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I don't know a lot. Of, I mean, I'm brand new to, I, I never really had immediate family in the military other than, you know, my husband seeing all those, you know, homeless veterans. He's really built a relationship and bonded with some of them. Um, but our, my husband's little brother's 18 and he lives with us. He just signed this weekend with the military. Oh, wow. So it's, you know, he's, you either have it or you, and so now I'm so like, you've oh my been, gosh, I you've can been, learn about all of these things. So you had three boys between the ages of 18 and 20. My in husband's your home. brother. Yeah. Yeah, lives with, oh, yeah, yeah. lives with you yeah. and your son, yeah, and so you're, you've been raising your brother. And a yeah, yeah, they've lived <laughs> forever. So. Oh, and you yeah. and your husband, who's yeah. uh, you know a, a lifter, and you know they're all like yeah. meatheads in the gym. <laughs> they're Christian meatheads. They are. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Oh gosh. All right, Beatrice, we want to check in with you. If you're just joining us in the good news that we have quite a crew here: Natalie Carrado, uh, Donna Hetzler, and Beatrice Bruno, Drill Sergeant of Life. I have many of my Christian author speaker friends join me and we talk about things that hopefully um, uh, brighten your day or enlighten your day and uh, I, I, when I started the good news I really wanted people to have hope and hear some of these good news stories but also to know that like Christian women and men for that matter you know we don't wear sensible shoes 
we have a sense of humor, we're not nerdy. Like I think a lot of people hear Christian radio and they hear pastors That's right. and they see Christians in this certain way, like the church lady that they make right. fun of on uh-huh. SNL. And that, you know, we're cool too. You know, I've got platform high tops on with sparkly stars today. You know what I mean? Like we're like we're not like these nerdy Christians that people think we are. We're like regular moms with regular problems and regular dads with regular problems. And Beatrice had a dream her entire life to be an author and a speaker. And I've told you before, she was a drill sergeant and a truck driver and a hairdresser. And finally, in her 50s, her dream has come true. And she got just got back from her book tour, part of her book tour, uh, on her new book, The Baby Chronicles, which follows four babies uh, through their life, where they came from and where they're going in terms of, you know, Christ. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It goes behind the scenes of the creation process Uh, because, you know, there's many questions that we ask, like, well, how did I come to be? You know, who how did God know I was going to be a a singer or a writer or anything like that? It's because he gave us everything that we needed before the foundation of the world. If you look at Jeremiah, the first chapter in the fifth verse, he tells Jeremiah, he said, before I before you even went into your mother's womb, I knew you. And that was God talking to him. And so we have to realize that before we were born into the earth we already were mm-hmm. because god had created us and so the baby chronicles follows that and i'm excited about it and by the way i'm two years shy of 60. so i'm getting closer wow. to 60 and i'm like yeah, but Lord, why are you I, wait so long I, I just think it's so cool that you are such a prime example of you know not giving up on your dream that typewriter yes. you got when you were eight that you hid under the blankets with a flashlight and typed away and here you are all these Amen. years 50 years later from the eight-year-old with the typewriter yeah. doing what you dreamed of doing I yes. love that visual too of you underneath the covers click, and typing click, away. Click, 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 click. Yeah. And I got more spankings because of that blanket and the flashlight and that typewriter <laughs> because I would type under there and my grandmother would come in. Didn't I tell you to go to bed? Put that, put that thing down. <laughs> that is so funny. I mean, how many kids sneak typing? You know, I mean, they sneak tablets now, but they're not. See, although my daughter does something really cool, they have so many new learning apps that are so neat. And she does this uh, keyboarding without tears. And that's what it's called, Keyboarding Without Tears. And she puts music on, God music. She likes God's Not Dead. He's truly alive. <laughs> uh-huh. And she likes to type to the Christian music. That's cool. Really? Yeah, she, yeah. And she puts headphones on and she types to the music. Isn't that cute? Keyboarding that so Without cute. Tears. Oh, tears. Yeah, to learn, uh, okay. you know, the keyboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Isn't that cool? Oh, that is really yeah, cool. Yeah, Keyboarding like Without Tears. Well, one thing I have to say about Beatrice's book, I mean, I am just, I'm almost to the end. And every night, you know, I'm sitting up reading and her chapters are short. So you, you get through a chapter and you're like, well, I can do another chapter. Oh, well, I can do another chapter. And then you can't put the book down and it's just so good. But I really used her concept um, and applied it towards life the other day. And I started to tell you about oh, this, yeah. Beatrice. And again, it's from the Baby Chronicles, Beatrice Bruno's book. Uh, Donna, how did you put it into life and what did you learn? Well, Beatrice does this amazing job of just peeling back the curtain to the spiritual realm. And so she's got names for demons and anguish is one of them. And my sister struggles with anxiety and schizophrenia, as you know, and she was having an episode and they're changing her medicines and she's starting to slide. So I called out that demon. I'm like, anguish, you will not have hold on my sister's life in the name of Jesus. You will flee from her life. And she called me a couple hours ago. She goes, I don't know what it is, but I'm feeling a little better. I'm like, it's because I read Beatrice's book. That's what it is. (laughs) So So there's some real good life applications that you can use just by looking into the spiritual realm. And you've given us a great glimpse of that through your book. Thank you. And and, and that's what I hope it does, because we need to know what's going on out there. You know, we can see, I can see 
Angie reaching across the table and pinching me. Mm-hmm. Okay. But what made her do that? Right. What is the, the demon behind that? What is the demon behind um, so many people that take drugs and, and drink and, mm-hmm. and commit adultery and mm-hmm. commit all these, you know, manner of, of, of sins. And we have to know that there's something back there, you know, that we're not seeing. Right. But when God gives us a glimpse into the spiritual realm, we need to take that look. Absolutely. And not be afraid of what's out there because we need to put those demons in their place. We absolutely like you did do. With, with um, anxiety, yes. you know. Get away from her in the name of Jesus. Absolutely. Because they respond to that. They do. And I saw it in her life, which is great. It reminds me of my boyfriend is C.S. Lewis, just so y'all know. (laughs) How funny. C.S. Lewis. (laughs) Yes. And if you've read the Screwtape Letters, that's one Mm -hmm. of my favorites. It really gets you focused on the spiritual realm because we go through life every single day and we're not thinking demons and spiritual stuff. And I'm not one of those like, you know, the demon made me do it. Right. But when we really look at you know, the background of it and that there are spiritual forces going on every single day. You can name things. You can um, look at a person from their point of pain. You can see things differently when you peel that back and you've done a great job in your book. So so I'm excited to get to the end and then ready for book two. (laughs) So get under those sheets and start typing, girl. (laughs) Amen. Thank you so much. And how was the book tour? It was good. Went to Cape Girardeau, Missouri, and had a great time down there. Got to um, film five episodes of a TV show that's on um, Heartland, CW Heartland, down there with um, Faith Focus Live. And um, so every copy of the Baby Chronicles that I took with me, sold them all. Great. Wow. Sold them all. Yay. Plus my other books that I took, How to Get Over Yourself, Get Out of Your Own Way, and Get What You Want Out of Life, and How to Get Over Yourself and Let Go of the Past. Sold copies of everything. And I was just excited. Oh, and now wow. I'm on my way to Nashville. Woo-hoo! country That's music capital fun. of the world and i love your dress for the red carpet Thank oh you so she's much. got royalty oh. color oh, oh yeah so proud of you oh, yes. again she said she's two years from 60 and here she is writing books and going on book tours for the first time okay i also want to uh, beatrice give us your website DrillSergeantOfLife.com. And Donna, your website? DonnaHetzler.com. And Donna is going to uh, join us later in the week, and so is Beatrice. That is a beautiful, uh, beautiful uh, uh, dress, Beatrice. Oh, gosh, I'm so proud of you. Uh, (laughs) But I also wanted to talk a little bit um, with Natalie Carrado before Natalie leaves, because she won't be back later this week, uh, and you two will. Um, uh, First of all, your husband, I know I've mentioned his training, but I cannot believe my son, you know, he placed first place in five of his races and there were 70 to um, even 100 kids in some of these events. So let's say he's doing 50 free, there might be 100 kids in the 50 free. So they'll have Mm -hmm. 10 lanes and they'll have 10 heats and my son was in the fastest heat and he won. But here's the thing that's amazing because he's been working with your husband, Aaron, for about six weeks. We've had four swim meets in the last six meets. They're two-day meets. I mean, it's really quite a commitment in time for the family. Uh, Generally, um, like every couple of meets, he might be a little bit faster on one or two events. Shockingly, every single meet, every single event, he's been faster. I mean, week after week after week after week, that's like unheard of. Mm -hmm. Like you don't keep improving your time every week. So anyway, he loves working with Aaron, your husband. So so tell everyone um, how people can get um, involved because it's a Christian gym with personal trainers and it's called Sick Athletes, which stands for what? Strength in Christ uh, Athletes. And they're right off of I-25 and Dry Creek. 
and they really just uh, cater to any athletes of all ages, yeah. anywhere from young kids doing speed and agility camps up to the pro level and semi-pro. So it's it's amazing what God's done. Even this morning, my husband just gives all glory to the Lord. He said, I can't believe how what the Lord's doing in this ministry, which is a gym for How athletes. do they reach him? Um, they can call 720-620-0037 or sickathletes.com. S-I-C. S-I-C. Natalie Corrado is a Christian real estate agent as well. And so if you're looking for an agent, you want to know how much your home would go for, how do they reach you? God's Way Real Estate. Godswayrealestate.com or 720-288-0101. Oh, love it. All right. Yay. My son Yay. loves it too. And it's so great to like work out and be praised. With. We'll Absolutely. be right back with the good news. The good news of Jesus for you in high definition radio and streaming at 670kltt.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hi, it's Angie with the good news. I want to tell you about a little boy, Carson. He's eight years old and his mom died of breast cancer. And I would love it if you would sponsor him for some art classes. Also, he doesn't like talking about his feelings after losing his mom. So he's taking dance and movement classes and that therapy costs about $100. And so if you would like to sponsor eight-year-old Carson who lost his mom to breast cancer to these classes that he really enjoys, the Doreen Katz Memorial Cancer Foundation would love to help. 720-530-9482 or go to DoreenKatzMemorial.org. Do you feel down and lost in the past? Well, stop wearing the baggage of grief. You can set goals and move forward and stop getting caught in the pain of the past. Sandy Steffes with Spirit Coaching. She's been through it. She lost her daughter in elementary school and she now has an eight-week plan to get you out of your grief and out of your pain so you can feel joy again. Reach Sandy Steffes at Spirit Coaching, spirit-coaching.net, 720-353-9573. I highly recommend her. She's hope wonderful lady and I know she can help you. When going to a chiropractor, you may be thinking that they won't be able to help you for the long term. However, Dr. Joe Arve at Maximize Living will change your mind. The moment you meet him, you will find that he is your best friend. He treats you like you are part of his family and he truly cares about you and your health. He is very knowledgeable about long-term health and wellness. Through the use of spinal correction, he helps you discover what it takes to be a healthier you and will help you feel better even after your first adjustment. He will also share with you the essentials to healthy living so you can take your health back. No matter what stage of life you're in, he will help you develop a plan to achieve the goals you set. Get ready to make a positive change in your life. Give him a call at 303-457-8080, 303-457-8080, or spinegeek.com. Maximize living. Adjustments for life. All right, if you are looking for the most amazing place to go with your family where you will create so many memories, then go to my favorite place that hopefully will become your favorite place, YMCA The Rockies, two locations, Snow Mountain Branch and also Estes Park. They've got a deal now as you head into spring. Now, dates vary, but the deal is phenomenal. Three nights in a lodge room for $168, and it includes two free breakfasts, and you get 
almost all of the activities for free. You get to swim. You get to roller skate. At one of the locations, there's a lot of sledding. They give you the tubes for free to borrow. You can also pay a little extra for rock climbing. They've got a lot of neat events. But the cabin deal is also really good. A three-bedroom cabin you can get for as low as $145 per night. So it's a four-night stay in a three-bedroom cabin for $582. Call 888-613-9622. 888-613-9622. Or you can head to the website, ymcarockies.org. Angie Austin here, along with my radio friend, Gif. We've got two topics here. We've got, Mm -hmm. uh, yes, we do. Success depends more on personality than it does on intelligence, which I think is very interesting. And then you've got the other one, Gif. It's about eight what? Sources of strength powerful enough to overcome the fears holding you back. And I'm raising my hand in the air because that's me. Really? I would have never guessed yeah. that. Okay, I did I did kind of, my brother, you know, is a genius, and he went to West Point Military Academy, and okay. uh, he never had to worry about his grades. He just, you know, excelled naturally. I did well, but math-wise, he was definitely a math genius, or he went to his West Point uh, Military Academy physics professor, and he would, like, find mistakes in the textbook. Like, that's how smart he was. And mm-hmm. so um, I, I, but I've been more successful in terms of my personality and my ability to get along with others. He's so smart. He doesn't understand why people don't understand the things he does. And so in this article, it says on Inc.com, it says um, only 2% of success is explained by IQ and actually personality is the majority of your success, how you deal with others, how positive you are, et cetera, not how smart you are. I completely agree. I mean, uh, look where you and I both ended up, okay? You on TV and now and radio and, and, and me and radio. I was a lousy, I was a C student. I mean, I just got through, didn't care. College was not for me. And uh, it, it just had nothing. Uh, but my whole career was built on the fact that I had a personality uh, the ability to turn things into jokes, walk around with a big smile on my face and make other people feel good. And all of a sudden, you know, I've got a 35 year career, um, but you still have to be smart enough to, you know, form opinions and also, you know, get those thoughts out at the same time. So but I don't think that relates to IQ. You know, the people that can do math like crazy, I, you know, I admire them. They have their gift. Our gift is the fact that, you know, we can connect with people through our personalities and 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 bring them into our lives. Does it make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I do think yeah. it's a gift because when people say, you know, what what's your gift? I'm like, um, I can uh, uh, um I can speak and I can make people laugh. Yeah, it is a gift. <laughs> <laughs> all right, gift. Let's well, at least you can make at least you can make yourself laugh. <laughs> right. And you know what? That that's all I really care about. Sometimes my favorite line is, "Gee, I cracked myself up. Right. I hope you enjoyed it too." Right. <laughs> so, all right, so let's so, talk about fear holding you back because you say this is something that I surprisingly does. So to avoid absolutely. failure. Acknowledge and compensate for your weakness. And these are eight sources of strength, powerful enough to overcome the fears holding you back. And I always, when I think of uh, fear of failure, think of my uncle. Uh, He died way too young and he had a great voice. He could sing and he would, I mean, so deep. And a lot of people wanted to do voiceover work, but then he would back out saying, well, they want too big a percentage. And I'm like, well, right now you're getting um, 100% of nothing. So why don't you just try it and get started and see what you think? Um, But his Uh, fear of failure kept him from doing anything. 
Yeah, well, you just come up with an excuse to, uh, you know, to move forward. And I, and I totally get it because uh, I, I don't know if it's part of what we were talking about before of, uh, you know, having a personality and things like that. Our biggest fear and most radio people that I know is it, it, we're kind of social misfits when we get out into a bunch of people. I'm, I'm not, but I've known a lot of people that just can't even connect unless they're in a room by themselves with a microphone in front of them. Oh, I've done sales funny. and all kinds of stuff, and it's always been really easy. But my fears of, of failure and, and more than anything else is just straight-up rejection and why the uh, outside looks confident and, you know, I know what's going on and, and I can project that. Inside is this just unbelievable turmoil of, oh, my gosh, what – I don't know. What if, what if they say no? What am I going to say next? What am I going to do? And it's like, and it's paralyzing. And uh, you know, what I've always found is, is uh, make sure you're up on the subject that you're talking about. When well, that's doing... number one, no, knowledge. Yeah. So continue on. The way you, yeah. Actually, you laugh though, because every time there's a story in the news, if it's a gorilla story, everybody's an expert on a gorilla. If it's a shark yeah. story, everybody becomes expert on sharks. But you and I do uh, read a lot and we know a lot about the world and things that are hot and topics and current events. So that knowledge is the number one tip in how to overcome your fears to have the knowledge. And you certainly need that when you go in for a job interview. A lot of people don't prepare. Right. It, it's all about preparation and, and going forward and knowing what you're talking about. When I was uh, doing sales, I was I was selling solar electric power, which was completely out of what I had been doing, you know, for radio for a while. And I took a three year break and I learned something new. I went and learned all about solar energy and how it works and 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 all the numbers and everything else. And I had to know every single thing down to the final nut and bolt before I could go sit down in front of somebody mm -hmm. and then consult them into buying this. And when I had that knowledge and, and when it was refined and uh, all of a sudden life became really easy, I wasn't afraid of failure then because I knew what I was talking about. Right. Um, and you can wing it. You you sure can. I've got lots of friends that are amazing. At, they are just as dumb as a sack of hammers. And they can convince you that that the sky is green. And 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 it's just because they have this gift. Um, I don't have that. I have to be fully prepared. And there is no way in the world for me to lie or exaggerate or anything else. Well, because it would be off script for right. me. Well, a lot of people do kind of say, like, they're lazy, so they wing it. And they say, oh, I'm better at yeah. ad-libbing. No, sometimes you're just no. lazy. You're not better yeah, at ad-libbing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so the next, um, overcoming fear, openness. I guess openness to change, because a lot of people fear change. And also yep. patience. I think some people just expect results or success so quickly. And when I like put things up on YouTube or the internet or do a Facebook thing, you know, you see all these uh, YouTube people that are, you know, making a lot of money off of their content, their show, their whatever. But it might have yeah. been a kid that started in their, you know, bedroom six years ago and was patient. And we adults are not patient. We want it yes. to start making money right away. And it doesn't. My friend did a YouTube channel. It took her like three years and she started making six figures. But you would not believe what she put into that three years prior to making excuse me nothing well you hear that a lot and and i certainly do in the music industry oh they're an overnight success no they're an overnight success that took 10 years to get there uh there are some really great um artists that are out there right now that are very young uh they're 25 and everybody's going oh they're oh, just yeah. blessed no they started doing this when they were 10 years old in their bedroom you know sitting in true. front of a mirror right and 
And and we don't have patience. And I am I raise my hand and go, I am so guilty of that. Yeah, because me too. I, I've got a voiceover business that I've been building for the last year. And my patience runs out and and I go and I get into this just self-destructive. I stink. I'm no good. Nobody likes me. Nobody cares. And, uh, you know, it's really kind of a pity party, but it's mine. So I, I own it. Right. But I have not. Ex- uh, I've got the patience. Things are starting to come around now Good. and build. Yeah. But it's been a year and a yes. half of right. plugging away and banging on doors and doing all this kind of stuff. And you're like, oh, this is exhausting. Exhausting. <laughs> exhausting. All right. Let's give the last few. Um, boldness. Right. You have to be bold and, you know, go for it. And courage. I think those are both really great. I'm not going to go through all eight. But I think that it's, uh, you know, having the courage to face the, you know, rejection. It's like when my kid went door to door during the last snowstorm and asked if uh, he could shovel their walks for money. And none of the other kids wanted to knock on the door. But my, my, my son's like a natural salesman. Like he finds it a challenge. And so he's definitely got that courage to face Fears. All right, gift ways to protect your children, your grandchildren from technology traps. Uh, one of my uh, <laughs> girlfriends' uh, kids was just cyberbullied, which I'll explain. And then the grandparents wanted to get my kids' cell phones, and they're in second, fourth, and mm-hmm. fifth grade. I'll explain how we found mm-hmm. something that really will be safe for them. Joining us is radio personality GIF, who is also a tech reporter. So we're going to talk about some of these traps because you've been looking into this, and it's getting very complicated. Mm-hmm. We had uh, the kids sent home with, um, you know, their own, uh, like iPads and, uh, yeah. they didn't have anything to keep them off the internet in certain areas. And some of the kids were looking up things they shouldn't have, and they got in some pretty big trouble, but come on, you're, I just assumed that it was kids safe when they sent it home from school. Well, anything that's connected to the internet is not kids safe. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the, the safest internet can, uh, device for a kid is the one where their parents are sitting there, as the kids like to say, uh, POS, parent over shoulder. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's the safest way to go about it. And even the devices that we get uh, lend themselves to, um, uh, to bad news. And I'll, I'll give you an example. There's a toy out there. It's called uh, Kayla. Uh, and it's a doll. And it uh, is Bluetooth connected to apps. But this doll can be taught things that, well, well it, it, basically the problem they've had is people have been teaching the doll how to swear. Oh and, and and parent, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, geez, really? Is this where we've got? And, and it, it, there's no controls over it uh, within the app or uh, what its learning capabilities are because these new things that are out there are learning capable. They can remember things that are said and then it comes back in their own voice. So you've really got to be careful when you're purchasing these uh, tech items to make sure, you know, the parents are there to make sure their kids are, are safe. The other thing that is really pretty darn frightening is anything that is wirelessly connected can mm-hmm. be hacked. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you get um, uh, there are wireless toys that are out there, uh, they can control them from apps or from other places. And what you have to remember, and I cannot preach this enough, is you have to change the default password that comes with anything that has wireless in it. Uh Because generally the default password on these things is admin, and then the password is password. And then you have to change it. Otherwise, it's just an open door, you know, for the uh, uh, baby monitors and things like that. If you don't change it, anybody can hack into it that has the wherewithal to do it, and they will. So, um, uh, you know, kids using these things, you 
really, really have to be careful. They can be hacked, and the kids are smarter than us. <laughs> you know, and that's the that's the scary part. One of the tips was monitor your children's mobile phone and activity. And yep. you said that parents over the shoulder. I don't think a lot of um, grandparents, our, ours in our family, for instance, realize that many cell phones that are smartphones have all of this access to the outside world. And so yep. you can monitor their um, online activity by knowing all their passwords, only allowing apps to be put on the phone if you you put them on. And then also, um, you can track like all of their texts. And I know that sounds like Big Brother. Who cares? Um, my uh, my friend's son has, that, uh, has a, a phone where she can see every text. And he even says like, remember, my mom's watching. And you know what? I think kids appreciate it when they have an out with the peer pressure to say, well, my mom watches all my texts, so I can't say or do that. Yeah, I think it's a terrific idea. And it, honestly, even if you didn't get the app and you're having those kind of problems, um, you could probably just say, you know, my mom's watching all my texts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's a great idea. This this world is so much different than the one that you and I grew up in, oh, where, uh, you know, where the information coming into kids is is just mind boggling how much there is. And especially when they have um, phones, we were giggling about the difference between my two kids. Um, They're five years apart. Um, My oldest one did not have technology. She had a pager and then she had a phone that she could text on, you know, with the numbers. And that was it. And then you jump to the, uh, to my youngest who is now 24, but she grew up with this stuff and, and it caught me by storm, but I had my eyes wide open to what was going on. Cause I'm, you know, a tech geek and have been since computers first came out. And, and I knew, I knew with the internet and everything else that came along, man, we've got to keep an eye on them. But um, it's it's difficult. It's a real challenge for parents. Well, let me tell you what happened. You know, I was very against getting phones for my kids. Absolutely, hundred percent. Some of their friends have uh, cell phones. And uh, the grandparents wanted to get one for each of them. And I'm like, each of them? What about the oldest one in fifth grade who's going to middle school next year? So my husband and I researched it, and we did it through our, our company, Verizon. And I don't, it says in a Verizon commercial, but it's a phone that's on their wrist. And they can call four people, and four people can call them, and that's it. Nice. I like that. So it's grandma, grandpa, me, uh, and my husband. And then speaking of... Um, smartphones. So another fifth grader, uh, my daughter's, uh, my, my friend's daughter, she um, just was cyber bullied. And it was so bizarre. It was a school email and three mean girls in her class were saying horrible things about her and somehow added her onto the thread. And, uh, and, and she was being bullied and she handled it really well. She made her own like social media video to speak out against cyberbullying and to tell the girls, uh, basically, um, I, I tried to be your friend and I'm sorry you don't like me, but I prefer to have friends who like me just the way I am. I don't want to change to have friendships. And uh, she asked her mom to come and have lunch with her so she wouldn't have to deal with those girls at lunchtime because they were specifically leaving her out, which makes me mad that teachers uh, allow that to happen where they pretty much said every seat was taken and she had to sit alone at a table. You'd think that teachers or somebody would come in and get involved because at our school, all the classes have to sit together at one table in elementary school. And so they can't kick anybody off the table. Uh, was that middle school that that nonsense was happening? No, fifth grade, elementary fifth school. Fifth grade, wow. Oh, well, they're warming up early. Uh, I mean, usually it's junior high where we notice the wheels spin off the bus. But uh, yeah, I, like I said, it, it's a different world. And it, I mean, this stuff has been going on forever, even since, you know, when I was a kid. And it, it doesn't matter. It's just it's got a megaphone now with the Internet and, and texting and, and the fact that you can use apps that are completely anonymous, although I was happy to hear that one of those anonymous um, the texting apps is going away, thank goodness, because mm-hmm. it's caused more troubles than mm-hmm. anything else. But it, 
You, you know, it's a yik yak and it's going away. And that, that thing has been horrible. And keep in mind, GIF, um, if, you, if your kid's got a smartphone, they have a camera and mm-hmm. they can send pictures. And I'm already here. I had to explain to my son what sexting was because we heard oh. in the middle school they were starting to do that. And he's not quite there yet in middle school. But the kids are um, like texting each other and meeting after school, meeting at the playground, boys and girls. And it's crazy that in fifth grade, they'd already be meeting each other outside of school. But and nonetheless, GIF, it's a new era for us. How to, I just want to thank you for your expertise in the tech world, my friend. Oh, happy to do it. All right, GIF. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. You are a gift, GIF. Thank you. Oh, you're so sweet. Have a great day. You too. Changing gears now. If you're a parent or a grandparent, then you probably love Darla Noble's guest spots. Today we're talking about her blog, Sorry Kool-Aid Cup. You had your chance. Darla, you're uh, into unconditional love and uh, your parenting style. So beautiful. What is this all about? Well, this summer, I was helping my two-year-old granddaughter. She was wanting to drink her Kool-Aid out of a big girl cup, and she was doing a great job. But you know how ice will sometimes fall forward and splash whatever you're drinking on you? Well, that's what happened with Essie, and it made her mad. She wasn't mad at the Kool-Aid or the ice. She was mad at the cup. It startled her, and she wanted nothing more to do with that cup. I mean, she wanted the Kool-Aid, but she would not drink it until I poured it into another cup, and she would drink it out of there. It was just funny to me, but I got to thinking, you know, how that was no big deal. But a lot of times our kids get really mad when things don't go their way, and they want to get even. You know, Essie just had this attitude like, Kool-Aid Cup, you did that to me once, but you will never get me again. I mean, that was just her little demeanor about the whole thing. And I just really want to remind parents that our kids need to be able to handle the situations that don't go their way, not with anger and not with just getting even and revenge. And frustration. Right. Frustration. That's a great word to put in there, Angie. We need to be able to teach them to resolve things reasonably and rationally and calmly. And the best way we're going to be able to do that is to do that ourselves. Our kids are watching us. They learn their coping mechanisms from us. And so we need to be willing to not let frustration and anger get the best of us so that our kids don't let it get the best of them. We need to let them see the root of the problem instead of just assuming they know what's going on and to get the whole picture. And they learn from us. My my mother, their grandmother, uh, has a lot of anger. And I've talked to her repeatedly about, you know, that they're learning from you. And they're old enough now that they actually come and, like, report her when she behaves inappropriately. Because they (laughs) Good job, kids. Yeah, they know when she yells or gets enraged about something like a pancake or something that, you know, that's not appropriate. So fortunately from watching my husband and I, they know what is appropriate. But I know that they picked up a little bit of her behavior. And so they're learning from us, you know. So we have to really watch what we do. They're watching every move we make. All right, Darla, how do we find your blog? Mamadsays.blogspot.com. Thank you, Darla. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com. Natalie Corrado of Remax is the realtor that truly does it all. But don't take my word for it. Just listen to some of the reviews from her website, livingdenver.com. Valerie in Highlands Ranch said, Natalie's knowledge and expertise, as well as her professionalism and warm personality, more than exceeded our expectations. My mother stated that we need to clone her. And how about Jen in Parker? What else to say about Natalie Corrado except amazing? She made the home buying process stress-free and easy. 
And just listen to what Courtney and Kylan of Castle Rock said. We couldn't have asked for a smoother transaction. And definitely could not have done it without Natalie as our realtor. If you use Natalie, you're not going to regret it. She is the best. When you have Natalie on your side, you won't be wondering if you made the right choice. It doesn't matter if you are selling your house, buying a new house, or both. Find Natalie Corrado at Remax Realtors at livingdenver.com and she will get the job done. Hey, it's Angie Austin with the good news. How would you like to help people of the differently abled community just by donating the things in your house? Yes, I'm talking about ARC. And guess what? You don't even have to take them to ARC. I go there and I shop with a purpose all the time and I buy all kinds of great stuff and it helps people with intellectual and developmental disabilities within our own community. But guess what? They'll come right to your door and pick up your stuff. I have them come about every month or two and I just put everything out of my driveway, put a little note that says ARC on it and they come right to my house and pick it up. And believe me, it makes me feel good to know that I'm helping some of my friends out in the community. So let's tell you how to do this, okay? Call 303-238-JANE. That's 303-238-5263. And they'll come right to your house and they'll pick up all your donations. And don't forget to shop at ARC. It's shopping with a purpose. I get all kinds of stuff for my kids there. Clothes, sporting equipment, boots, gloves, baseballs, bats, basketballs, you name it. Check out arc again shopping with a purpose and they'll come pick up your items 303-238-JANE hey it's angie austin do you want to lose weight have more energy sleep better just feel better live longer not get sick yeah me too so a little over a year ago my family started working with dr joe and he has helped us so much especially with my mom she's now walking again Uh, she uses a cane but she wears a pedometer as well dr joe and every saturday you offer for all of us we can come to your office have a free workout or just watch the workout and come and ask you questions and meet you it costs them nothing no obligation I just want people to get to know you and your passion for health. Science says the key to sleeping better, the key to depression, the key to losing weight and balancing hormones is exercise. But not a lot of it, just 6 to 12 minutes a day. And so whether I'm working with Olympic athletes or professional athletes or mommies and daddies, people in their 50s, 60s, even 70s, on these workouts on Saturday at 8.30, man, we have a great time. And it literally is a 12-minute workout. It's all it is. And it's easy stuff to do. You work at your own pace and you get amazing results. Yes, yeah, so come to North Glen. Saturdays, it's free. How do they reach you, Dr. Joe? Call my cell phone, 3 303- 303-349-6011. Again, 303-349-6011. Angie Austin here. The challenge of communicating with teens. We have expert, author, speaker, pastor, Kurt Bubna joining us. All right, Kurt, you're good at this. You have plenty of kids. How do we talk <laughs> with teens and communicate with them and keep that relationship going in those teenage years? Well, it is challenging. I tell parents all the time, it's normal to have challenges with teenagers. That's okay. I think a lot of parents expect more than they probably should from themselves. But I, I think the first thing, and this is really the most important thing, and parents don't always like it when I say this, is it starts with the mom. It starts with the dad. It starts with the adult. We're the adults. Uh, we need to choose to be wise. We need to choose to be patient. We need to choose to be mature. We're the ones that need to model for our kids what we want from them. So in essence, it starts with one really popular word, attitude. And the interesting thing that you say when you speak about this is that the attitude you're talking about is the parents, not the teens. You say, hint, the answer has more to do with the adult parent's attitude. What are you talking about? Well, again, if a parent walks into a relationship with 
the child as an adversary. If they look at their kid as something negative, now you, the child, teenage kids, teenage children sometimes make really poor choices. But if we begin to look at our kid like they are a problem, they're out of control, I don't know what I'm going to do. If we kind of throw up our hands in despair, that gets filtered through everything we say, everything we do, our attitude gets communicated to our teen. And so what I tell parents is, listen, the challenge is normal. If it was easy, anybody could do it. I, I, I told my kids at one time we had four teenagers in my home. Uh, they were all uh, four kids and they were all the teenage years at the same time, all living at home. And I would tell them on a regular basis, listen, guys, I have never been a parent of a teenager before. So cut me some slack. I'll cut you some slack. And that, that's really important. I love that. I love that. Now, you say there's one question we could spend the whole time talking about. Uh, and I, I love the idea of saying, hey, you know, I've never done this before. You know, let's work on this together. So what's the, what What could we spend the whole segment talking about? <laughs> well, I, I, again, when I do these parenting classes, in fact, I'm doing one at a high school just tomorrow evening. But when I do these, parents always want to tell me how to talk to my kid. Tell me what I need to do so I can get better. And they're looking for skills. And I appreciate that. And we eventually do get to skills. But I, I always like to start with some foundational things. And parents need to understand that there's some, I say, five really important things you've got to remember. And let's just walk through them. One of them is you got you got to remember to live with the end in mind. And by that, I mean, what do you want your child to be like when he or she is 18, 20, 25, 30, 50 years of age? Mm-hmm. And if you live with the end in mind, it gives you the long view, which I cannot stress how important that is. Uh, we get so focused on the immediate. I can't believe you did that. We get upset about the, the, the current status of their grades or whatever's going on in their life. And we just need to back up a little bit. Remember that your goal is to help them get prepared for the rest of their life. Here it is without you. Okay. So, so when you understand that and you know that your primary responsibility is to help them get ready to live life of the 50, 60, 70 years they're not going to have you around, then it changes. So you got to live with the end in mind. What do you want? What's the goal? And I, a lot of people don't function in life with goals. I really encourage people with, as a parent, you've got to have parental goals. And by that, I mean, think about what do you want and not what you want them to grow up to become. I want Susie to become a doctor. No. What's your life goal? What's What are the character goals you want for your children? All right. I like that a lot. What are the character goals you want for your children? And your parenting should work around that goal and be part of your conversations, et cetera. All right, what's next? Well, uh, to remember that relational changes are a lifelong process. Uh, Again, like I mentioned earlier, I I told my kids, I've never been a parent of a teenager. Guess what? You've never been a teenager before. Uh, A huge part of living in a family is learning to live with change. Oh my goodness. You you bring that little baby home for the first time and you have no idea what you're doing with a weak-year-old child. And then you think you got it figured out about the time they start being a toddler. Then you think, my, this is a whole another world. And then they start school and they got to deal with the, all the, the realities of life in the, uh, the big bad world. And that changes everything. Everyone in the family is constantly changing. And again, what I tell parents, that's normal and that's okay. Our challenge is to learn how to live uh, in a context with our children that is supportive, forgiving, accepting, that we uh, know it's a process. And, it's a, and process means we're going to fail sometimes. Process means we're going to make mistakes. Process means that we got to learn to adjust to the relational realities of today that are way different than they were 10 years ago. Uh, my oldest daughter, believe it or not, is is 39 years old, and I can't believe I can't yeah I can't believe I've got a kid who's going to be 40 soon. But it's wild. It is, but it's a very different nature in our, in our relationship. So you mm-hmm. just keep building. Mm-hmm. So you got to adjust to the processes a- along the way. All right, we got about a, a minute, minute and a half left. Let's work through the rest of these and get as much as well, we can in. Okay, real quick. Uh, remember that failure is not fatal. I tell people all the time. Oh yeah. 
you, they're going to make mistakes. Cut them some slack. You made mistakes. Remember, that's just normal again. And and don't make their failure fatal. Don't make it as if when kid hears, I can't believe you did that. That's just frankly stupid because we've all made mistakes. Right. So I tell them, be careful there. The fourth thing, and this is real important, remember to do what you want them to do. Uh, your words are way more, uh, are not as important as your life. Your lifestyle, your model is way more important than what you say. And uh, it's an old cliche, but it's an old cliche because it's true. More really is caught than taught. They're watching. Believe it or not, they are watching. Even oh, yeah. if they act like they're not watching, they're watching. They are. And then this is the fifth thing. And this is, I again, this comes back to the, the very first thing I talked about, attitude. Remember that you were once a teenager too. Yeah, I don't know why parents get to the point where they just act as if they never went through this. Hey, we all were there once upon a time. Good point. All right, Kurt, your website? Uh, youareperfectlyimperfect.com. It's the longest website in the world, but youareperfectlyimperfect.com. You can find my blog. Thanks, Kurt. Next time I want to talk about you, you know, work with a lot of kids and what you hear from teens regarding what they wish their parents knew and understood. So that'll be next time. Thanks, Kurt. Thank you, Angie. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com.